0: People understand their product, and they understand their script, but they really don't understand the person that they're selling to, and like the plight of the person that they're selling to. Mm -hmm. And you can go so far if you just understand my pain, my day-to-day. Welcome to Outside Sales Talk, where we meet with industry experts to learn the strategies
1: and tactics that make them successful. I'm your host, Steve Benson, and I've helped thousands of salespeople all over the world crush their quota. Today, I'll help you crush yours. Welcome back to Outside Sales Talk. Today, we have Max Outschuler on the, uh, on the show. He's gonna talk about top sales engagement tactics for outside salespeople. Uh, thanks for showing up here uh, today, Max. Thanks for having me. So just for, for those of you that don't know him already, Max is the founder and CEO of Sales Hacker, the leading community for the next generation of sales professionals. He's the author of Hacking Sales and Career Hacking for Millennials, Um, and Max is also the VP of Marketing at Outreach.io, a sales engagement platform that has been a real rocket ship these past five years. Um, Well, let's jump into it. Max, what is sales engagement today, and why is it important for outside sales teams?
0: Yeah, so I think it's important for inside and outside, kind of anybody uh, selling today, and it's... uh, it is how you engage your prospects and customers. And right now, sales is becoming more of a science than ever before. You're able to test and measure and optimize almost all of your interactions. So whether it's the script that you're using or the email that you're using or you know how you open or start conversations, um, everything could be tested and optimized. And so sales engagement platform like Outreach um, and sales engagement, the book we wrote, kind of details a lot around how to go about starting these, these tests. Um, because you can, you know, it's like the old expression, like, you, you know, give a man a fish and I'll eat for a day, teach a man a fish and, you know, to eat forever. Right. So if we just sit here and say one word subject lines is going to get you uh, 87%, you know, better open really. It's like, all right, but that's like a blanket statement that was based off whoever tested its persona that they were selling to. You don't really know if that's going to work for you. So having these kind of like silver bullet type things doesn't really, you know, that doesn't translate to everybody's sales process versus teaching people how to A B test, giving them the tools that they need to go out there and run these tests, set up sequences so they know not only what is the right content, but when is the right when it when is the right time to send it and what channel is the right channel to send it on. So, you know, you could sell in so many different ways today and the buyer is in so many different places. And so, you know, while you're doing your outside sales process, you should be supplementing that with an inside. So you should be supplementing that with calls and emails. You should be supplement your marketing team should be supplementing it with, um, you know, access to intent data. If somebody you are going and selling to that hasn't picked up your call or answered your, you know, you know, you haven't had face to time with face to face time with is going to your site. Marketing should be able to let you know that marketing should be able to retarget them. So they keep coming back. You know, all that kind of stuff is just another channel. And so it really is about this omni-channel sales process, multiple channels that you're selling through, and being able to A-B test um, kind of everything that you do so you know it every time it's the the best thing that you can do. And if you can do that and you really understand it, then you can essentially kind of clone your best reps. And I think everybody would want to be able to clone their best reps, right? If you knew exactly what, what talk track was going to work, For a certain persona, you could have all of your best reps working on that talk track. And you can't optimize something you can't measure. So sales engagement is kind of this modern approach to the science of sales. Awesome
1: answer. Um, How does sales engagement help salespeople with prospecting and qualifying prospects?
0: Yeah, so I think it's really just about understanding what the best things you can do possibly are. So when you go into these accounts, you don't, you don't have any wasted motions. Your reps could focus solely on selling activities instead of, you know, kind of uh, the mundane tasks, the note taking, the calendaring, everything else. So sales, engagements allows them to, sales engagement allows them to focus solely on those selling activities, focus solely on the right selling activities so that you, you can use the insights from the results of those activities. Let's say you send an email. And the email is open but not responded to. Wouldn't you like to know? Wouldn't you like to understand those insights? Say you send a one-to-one personalized video in an email. Wouldn't you want to know that that video was watched by the person that received it? And if you did know that, what would you do next? What is your next best action from that trigger? So you get an alert that says, hey, you know, blah, 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 prospect, just uh, watched your video. From there, it, triggers, it should trigger a phone call. Right? So now you have, you know, your next best action. So that's how it helps you. It really gives you the insights based on previous activities that you need in order to do that next best action and do it every time.
1: And how can outside salespeople use multiple channels better to build relationships with prospects?
0: Yeah. So if they are prospecting, um, and these are people that they've never met before, then there are plenty of ways that they could supplement what they're doing in outside sales with things that when they get back to their computer or their phone or whatever it is to get in touch with these prospects, to sell on multiple channels. Um, you know, I'd say most of our listeners are probably on LinkedIn. So that's a channel in which you know, your, your buyer, they're living on there. So you should be reaching out on LinkedIn as well. If you, you know, if you know that they use email or phone, depends who you're selling to, like you should be reaching out there as well. So for example, if I'm selling to a salesperson or if I'm selling to a CEO, I know that they live out of pocket. I know that they live out of their phones. So I'm probably gonna have a much better chance of getting in touch with them if I'm calling them, texting them, or leaving a voicemail than if I'm, um, I don't know, sending something to their office where they're unlikely to be at. Or if I'm sending a personalized one-on-one video that they can only open on like a larger screen. So making sure that you're contacting them in the way that they they prefer to be contacted. Um, and if you're, if you're you know running the outside play, you have to supplement what you're doing with all these different things. So you can, so you can make sure you can get in touch with them and at least, uh, you know, kind of set up some kind of a warm meeting. In what ways do you
1: think sales engagement helps salespeople's shorten their sales cycle?
0: <laughs> a lot of ways. I mean, if you really know what you're, uh, what your next best action is and you know that you're using the best script you know that you're using the best content for that persona then you're actually going to get a reaction so in a lot of ways it can help you shorten things immensely instead of guessing um blowing the deal waiting six months until they hire somebody new in that role 18 months whatever it is and then going back there and hoping to get a second chance or i guess a first chance with a new person or hoping you get a second chance with the old person, you can do the right thing the first time. Right. So like that shortens the cycle immensely. Um, I'd say other than that, um, you know, you're, you're building a rapport in sales, right? You're, it's like, it's all step by step. So just like your deal goes by stages. So does your, so do your actions to build trust and build rapport with the prospect. So for example, if um if i'm selling to somebody and i want to invite them to like the golden state warriors box seats that we have or something like that maybe that's a marketing action we're working together hey we got these box seats do you want to come they come to that they don't necessarily move to a different stage but you you in like your sales process but they move to a different stage in the rapport that you're building with them so whether it's you know something expensive like getting them to your box seats at a warriors game or you know meeting them at an event in your space that you just, you both happen to go to having a good conversation and like laying that as a seed. It's all just about getting to the next step, the next stage in that relationship Mm -hmm. and not being so greedy to say like, all right, I need to move them into an opportunity now or I need to move them into the next stage of my sales cycle right now and blowing the whole thing. So, you know, engaging with them, being where they want to be and and doing it over time and doing it in a intentional and thoughtful way and moving them throughout your sales cycle um, in a way that not necessarily going to move them immediately from stage to stage, but is going to make a difference as you continue through your process.
1: Yeah. I've, I've kind of always, uh, I guess bucketize the, the quality of a relationship or the depth of rapport Mm -hmm. into a couple buckets. Like, you know, they, they, they don't really know me. Uh, that would be like a, a a one, a two would be if I called them, they would call me back. Like they know me and we have a level of rapport that it'd be, it'd be weird if they didn't call me back. If I left them a message, um, tell them I had something to talk to them about. Um, And three would be like, it wouldn't be weird if I like texted him or shot him an email and asked him to like grab dinner or a beer or whatever. We
0: say that at Outreach here, you don't have a champion if you aren't on a texting basis. So like you're not like you are not in with a company unless you are on a text basis with the person that is your Mm. champion at the other company.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. Cause it's
0: another level of that report, right? Like you have to feel good enough to be able to text this person and they're not going to be like, why is this person texting? me? Uh, how do you think? Uh,
1: and, and that does make sense, I I'm mean, I'm thinking about like vendors that I work with or, you know, customers that I work with and like the closest ones, it's like you text people, you know, you know, yeah.
0: So. I think it's, you know, it was one of those things like I try to get in the friend zone as fast as, as possible. Like in dating, you don't want to be in the friend zone, but in business, <laughs> you want to get to the friend zone as fast as possible. You want like, what are the things you can do to build a rapport with a person where you can get to that level as fast as possible? So like, you know, if you find somebody who's let's say big on LinkedIn, like they like posting a lot, can you engage like, or as a writer and they write a lot of content on their blog. Engage with their content, engage with their content over time, you know, maybe stroke the ego, send them a note, say how much you like their content, like stick out. Eventually you get time with them. Maybe it's at an event. Maybe it's just a phone call to, to like share common knowledge on something. I don't know what it is, but then over time you develop this rapport with somebody where, you know, you get into a texting relationship. Like, um, having been doing an independent media company for so long before outreach, I wasn't selling anybody anything. Like I sold stuff to our partners, but to our audience and our speakers and like really big CROs, I wasn't selling anything to them. So I was able to, to get that friend zone a lot faster than I think most people were who are, you know, oh, their guard's up they're, This guy's selling me something. And now that yeah. I've got a company that sells to these people, it's like, oh, okay, now I have this relationship with a lot of people where I can, I can text them and, you know, we, can, we, can, we have a different level of that relationship right off the bat. Mhm. Yeah,
1: it, it it is interesting the, the the different types of relationships you can have and how, you know, if if you know, and and this the, the, this podcast is a good example of that, right? Like I'm not selling things to like the people that come on the show or to the listeners, right? And mm-hmm. so it's a very different type of relationship I guess than than I have with a lot of business contacts who like, you know, I I, I am actually selling them software and that's it's just yeah. you're in a different bucket, I guess. How, how do you think outside salespeople should measure the quality of their rapport or measure the quality of their relationship?
0: I think it's uh how quick a turnaround do you get when you send them an email or a message or uh, hey, I want to meet do you get the meeting? Do you know, can you text with them? Uh any, it's almost like, uh, as a salesperson, that's some level of intuition mm-hmm. and just like reading the room. And I hope that all salespeople are, are good at that. Right. Cause like, otherwise you probably shouldn't be in sales if you, you don't know where that line is, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, you know, what, what kind of communications can I have with this person? What can I, what can or can I, I say to this person? Um, will this person give me Intel on their business? I think that's an interesting one if I reach out and say like, Hey, can you like lay out the rest of the org structure for me? Help me get in there. Mm -hmm. Like, are they going to be like, Oh yeah, sure. Like I got you. Or are they going to be like, no, like I'm still team company that you're selling to. Like I'm not giving you all that information. Like then you're not in at all. Like Mm -hmm. you, you haven't made any inroads.
1: Um, I always coach my salespeople right along those lines, like get on the same side of the table with, the person that is your sponsor at a company for the pro that for our product, yeah, you're you're on their their team, right? Like, yeah, you basically work for them, not me. Like they yeah. they 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 want this because they understand why it's important to their organization and why their organization will benefit. And they'll because of the person that brings it in be the person that politically and career wise benefits. So your job as a salesperson is to help them. And enable them to get this done within their organization. And you two are kind of sitting on the same side of the table, you know, strategizing about who 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 do you need to sell this to in the organization? Who holds the purse strings? Who holds the pull yeah. to get this done? Who could who who does this hurt if we do this? Um, you know, if anyone, and yeah. uh, you know the un- help. What do you need to sell to each one of those people? Can I have? You know, can I have someone on 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 our team? You know, help help build an ROI analysis that they can then present to their CFO, for example. Like, hey, this is worth it because we're
0: going to make this much more money or save this much money, etc. And you want to make them, you want to sell them on the fact that, like, hey, I'm going to make you look good. You know, people buy typically, I think, on like three different levels. Like the you have the individual, then the employee, and then the company. So the individual you know, they want to do what's best for them. They want to do what's going to be able to let them go to like Disneyland or Coachella or wherever they want to go or pay for their kid's college, whatever it is, like what's going to happen in their personal life. And then the employee, like they want to get, uh, they want to get the credit. They want to get, um, you know, they, they want to get the promotion. Uh, they want the, you know, they want the trophy or whatever. They want the visibility in their company to say like, Hey, did a re- like he or she did a really good job. And then there's the company. Which is they wanna, you know, be more efficient, they wanna make more money, they wanna lose less money, they wanna retain more talent, they wanna hire the best people. So you're selling this person, you know, that you're that you're building a rapport with a relationship with on, you know, on on kind of all three of those levels. Like, hey, I'm gonna help you out. I'm on your team. Like you're gonna you're gonna get a raise and a promotion and like you're gonna be able to like put your kids through college or whatever else. Like these are all kind of like macro thoughts, you know, to, to have and, and sell to them, but like you're really on their side. You're helping them get what they want. Um mm-hmm. and you're you're getting in that friend zone, right? While you do it. So what what
1: tips do you have for outside sales managers who want to work on building a sales engagement strategy for their team?
0: Yeah, so this can be done um and it should be done by your individual reps and there should be time allotted to a lot of these activities. So you know, I know in in certain processes, there's either a, a time set out in the day or a time in the week that is dedicated to kind of these these like inside sales motions that su- supplement your outside sales motions. Um, so just make sure that you're using a sales engagement platform that can um, really allow your team to best supplement the outside sales motions that they're doing. So. You have a strategy in place. You have multiple channels that they're working. You have uh, sequences that are automated that are already set up, so they don't have to sit there and click buttons every time. It automatically goes if they if they do meet somebody face to face, they can go right in and, and say, "Remove this person from the sequence so they no longer get other other messages so it's like it's almost like you can think of email sequences as inbox marketing while they're out there while your marketing team is also supporting them. So there are things that your reps can be doing, um, from a sales engagement perspective while they're out in the field, while your marketing team is supporting them. And these sales engagement, um, you know, inside sales initiatives are easy. They're, they're, they're automated triggers. You can set up templated emails. Um, I think it's, it's worth, uh, you know, for me, I'm the type of guy who likes, you know, set aside time on a a Sunday night or an early Monday morning, get the whole week set up and then I'm good to go.
1: Well, I'd love to do some short answer, short question uh, sections with you, a section here with you called Sales in 60 Seconds. So I'm going to you know, ask quick questions and hopefully the answers are under 60 seconds. Um, tell me, what's one common mistake salespeople should avoid when it comes to sales engagement?
0: Um, oh, man, where do I start? One common mistake. Uh, Putting too many people into a sequence and like over automating everything. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes I'll see people like they'll put in like, hey, first name, and they'll they won't have like a really clean set of data. And then it's like the person's last name or there's no name at all. And so then like your mm-hmm. attempt at personalizing something is a backfiring big time because it's super automated. Um, also, if you put too many people into a sequence and then you're sending an automated email out, then it looks like this big blanket marketing automation thing. Cause it's not, it's not target enough. It's not specific enough. Um, so that's another one. Uh, I'd say that's my 60 seconds right there. Right. <laughs> okay. So, uh, well, and, and great answer.
1: Um, so how can salespeople use sales engagement to differentiate themselves
0: from their competitors? Um, yeah. I think it's about injecting that science of sales into their sales process. So I don't think most, I don't think most, um, most companies are armed with an ability to measure and optimize the things that they're doing because they don't have a sales engagement platform uh, like outreach or they don't have a strategy like the one we talk about in our book, sales engagement. So there are, they're kind of in the wind. They're stuck for, you know, Oh, this, this'll work. This is, I'll trust my gut. And your gut's just not good enough anymore. Like, you can actually test and measure the things that you do. Why wouldn't you? And you can't optimize something without measuring it. So, it's good to you're at you're at a big disadvantage if you're not doing that. I'll say that.
1: Yeah, you know, and this is definitely a revolution I've seen in sales in the last, you know, I I don't know, five years. Marketing has been measuring things in this way for a long time. Yeah, just starting to do this this type of measurement in sales in the last five years or so, probably. And uh, to a to a large degree, outside sales teams, in particular, don't do as much measurement because the people are out in the field. You know, so a a lot of teams are not collecting very much information about what's going on in the field and, uh, you know, they'll have a CRM and it's sitting on the shelf or, you know, the reps are taking notes in it at the end of the day, maybe, or maybe it's once a week or adding their, their notes for the weekend or they're just, they're, they're not, they're not gathering rich, structured and unstructured data from uh, about each meeting that occurs in the field, just because it's too hard with the guys running around. And, and that's, yeah, you know, that that's something that we've focused on is make it, it, you know at, at my day job to to make that process easier because if you if it's not getting measured and you're not collecting the information then you're not able to manage it right yeah. you, there's nothing to man, there's nothing to manage to yeah um but that's something that's been happening in marketing those types of really tight uh measurements and you know figuring things exactly knowing exactly what's going on what works what doesn't you know and and having percentages and, you know, being able to run growth numbers and understand exactly what the details are. That's been happening in marketing for 15 years.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, so tell me what, what's the top sales advice you think you've ever
0: received? Oh man. Um, <clears throat> that's, that's a tough one.
1: Uh, top sales advice.
0: Yeah, that's really tough. Um, I'd say the most like relevant uh, to me that I've seen from my position right now is that uh, I'm being sold to, and I'm seeing it from a whole different angle. And somebody asked me the other day, um, you know, an SDR is ramping, you know they're getting to the end of their onboarding. What's the one thing that they need to know before they, they finish out their onboarding, before they finish ramping? And I I really think that like people understand their product and they understand their script, but they really don't understand the person that they're selling to and like the plight of the person that they're selling to. Mm -hmm. And you can go so far if you just understand my pain, my day to day, you know, you're selling, I'm a VP of marketing. I got a pretty good budget. You're selling to me. You should know what I think about. You should know what where my pain points are. You should know what my priority list looks like. You should know what my org chart looks like. You should know what my day-to-day looks like, how my time is spent. And if you knew all those things, you'd be much more successful. So I think it's really about understanding the, the plight and the day-to-day of your ICP, whoever you're selling to, your ideal customer profile, that persona. And if you're saying to yourself, well, how do I do that? go ask that persona that lives in your organization. If you have one, follow them, ask them what, you know, what their day to day looks like, what are their pain points, all that kind of stuff. If not, go, go find a couple really happy customers and ask them why they bought and talk to them. And if you don't have those, then go on LinkedIn and see if you can pick some people's brains and, you know, ask for advice, not for money. Sometimes you you get the opposite of the old expression, Mm -hmm. right? So you know, maybe in that case, you might even get a deal out of it, but just say like, Hey, I'm, you know, a new rep to this industry. Like I'd be super grateful if you give me, you know, some time to help me understand, you know, I just really want to understand, you
1: know, mm-hmm. know what it
0: is that makes it tick. Yeah. And, and um, it's, it's the little details
1: yeah. that people miss. I mean, everyone like, feels like, they know, their customers, but it's like, do you really know what, what worries them, what their fears are, what their, what their challenges are, what's, what, what are their top three priorities this year, like yeah. uh, you know the it's it's a key part of our our sales onboarding training to teach people about our customers and and the different groups of people that we that we interact with in in the course of doing business with another company, like they have to understand not just the field sales rep, but my my sales reps need to understand not just the field sales rep but also What the trainer cares about and how they're measured, how how they're, you know, what makes them get a bonus or get fired or get in trouble, like what the the sales operations person, who is that? What do they do? Why you know why is it important? What are what are they measured on? What do they care about? Um, Why do they seem to care about the CRM so much? (laughs) Uh, The VP of sales, what do what do they care about? How is it different than the other people? Um, And what makes an outside sales job hard? Like, so we, we have a ton of training around these different personas that we, that we interact with. And like, we really want the, our salespeople to understand them because then when, when they're talking to the individual customer that they're, that they're engaging with, they can better map their message to that person because they understand the broad things that go on with this individual. And so then when they can customize it to that, that, it, that person's individual situation.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: I think I'm, I'm. I just ruined our our sixty seconds right there with my with my big That was good. Round. It was good. Good context.
0: <laughs> I like it. I think the audience will. Well,
1: um, so, what do you uh, what do you think the key skills are that outside salespeople need to develop to be
0: successful today? Uh, building rapport w- with with a person and, and reading the room is probably the most one, two of the most important things for outside salespeople. Again, getting in that friend zone as fast as you can. Um, and you know, making sure you don't blow your first impression. Like it's one thing to screw it up in like a cold email. It's a much bigger thing to screw it up in person. You know, so you get that face-to-face time, it's super valuable, but you better make the most of it. So um, reading the room, understanding your surroundings, uh, you know, understanding kind of your talking points before you get that face-to-face time, doing your research, being organized, being concise, again, you get that face to face time. It's very precious. Don't waste time. Don't talk about the wrong things. You want to be super prepared when you get that time. Um, so I think those are, those are kind of the keys right there. Being super concise, being well prepared, um,
1: being able to build that rapport. Fantastic. And given that you're an expert in sales engagement, what is, what would you say your best piece of advice
0: that you would like to give our listeners? Uh, well, I'd say two things. Um, your buyers are in more places than ever before. Uh, so you need to be focused on multiple channels to access them and you can't optimize anything unless you measure. So you need to make sure you're measuring as much as you possibly can in the sales process. so You can continually optimize and know what's working. Yeah. I suspect that
1: second one is a, a message that we'll hear more and more, Mm-hmm. In the next uh, in the next five years, in in this oh, industry. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, what is the first thing a field salesperson listening today should do to get started in sales engagement?
0: Yeah, so we just came out with uh, with our book uh, called Sales Engagement, and you can get it on Amazon. Uh, it's a purple cover, written by Max Ouchler, um our CEO Manny Medina, and our first VP of Sales, who's basically here from like zero, zero to 60 plus million in, in revenue um, and kind of just drinking our own champagne, you know, some of the things we've learned from uh, using our own product, but also the hundreds of millions of sales emails and tens of millions of sales calls that have went out. We've kind of anonymized those and done the research on uh, on understanding, you know, kind of the uh, best practices and things like that across the board. Um, so it's really really good information great data and uh a great resource to kind of learn the 101 201 and 301 of all things modern sales engagement
1: that's fantastic well yeah, i i always uh i've always said eating my own dog food but i really like uh I really like drinking our own champagne. Better, it's got such a more positive connotation.
0: Exactly right. I want to call our own product dog food. Like yeah.
1: exactly. When I was at Google, they 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 would like put a little dog food bowl on on things to indicate to, to remind us we yeah. There's some bugs in this, but we're eating our own dog food. Like we're yeah. we're using it. We're we're using it first. So give the feedback and, and yeah. put it out to the world.
0: Yeah, champagne seems a little bit a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. I think
1: I think that's the right call. Well, I'm going to do my best to summarize um, the wisdom that you've dropped on us today here. So first of all, sales engagement is how you engage your prospects and customers. Sales is becoming more of a science every day from the pitch you're giving to the emails you send. Uh, Instead of having a general best practices guide, training each salesperson to test uh, or how to test what works, um, f- how to find out what the best content content is, um, when the best time is to deliver that content, uh, what the best platform to send it on. That will help salespeople close more deals. So really, you know, teach them to fish. Don't just don't just give them a fish. So give them the tools like A/B testing and the, kind of the mental way of thinking about those those types of things will will help them be better at what they're doing. Sales and sales engagement uh it, it helps salespeople focus on the best selling activities uh, understanding for example understanding if emails were opened um whether a video was watched or not uh, and, and really all these little signals that a prospect is showing interest um a great program can help your fo- your your salespeople zoom in and focus on on those prospects that are that are showing that interest, and focus on them. Outside salespeople can use sales engagement to help them uh, with their field prospecting as well. They can follow up with different channels to make sure they can get in touch with with their prospects in the best way and, and what, what the best way even is to, to kind of keep the conversation going when they're not right in front of the prospect. Um, you can continue engaging with your prospects through those channels that are working um, with that certain prospect, and, and you can build the relationship up and, and, and find, yourself, find yourself in the friend zone. And that's uh, Max defined that as as when you can when, when you're able to when you're in a text messaging basis with them. And that once once you're in the friend zone, that can help convert a prospect into a customer. You yeah. can measure the quality of a relationship with a prospect or a customer by the level of communication. How fast do they respond to you when uh when when you reach out? How willing are they to share information about their company? Are are you on the same side of the table? Um, you really want to build that engagement with the prospect to be on the same team. Establish a strategy within your company for engaging with prospects across many channels. Outside sales teams can use sales engagement platforms to help them automate email follow-ups. Uh, and or uh, sorry, I'm choking on my <laughs> choking on my coffee here. Um, help <laughs> they can automate email follow-ups and uh, and automate and then automate things that to, to better engage their customers while in an automated fashion. So while they're out in the field, these things are go are happening automatically. Emails are going out automatically, et cetera. Um, buyers are in multiple channels today. So salespeople must also be in these channels to contact prospects. Uh, Measure the results of varying sales engagement with prospects to and understanding which channels uh, and ways of contacting people work in order to close more deals. So that was really fantastic, Max. Um, where can listeners
0: read more about your work? Where can they reach out to you? Yeah, so um, ping me on LinkedIn, That's the best place to get in touch with me uh, for the book. Uh, it's called Sales Engagement. And it's on Amazon now. And then, uh, if you want to learn more about outreach, it's outreach.io, uh, the leading sales engagement platform that could help you do all of this. Um, but I highly recommend, uh, getting the book, reading through that. Let me know if you have any questions on LinkedIn and, uh, and then also sales hacker is our online uh, publication. We've got about a 114,000 subscribers, all B2B salespeople. Um, so, a whole other level of of educational resources there for anyone in sales. All right. Well, thanks for
1: coming, Max. This has been a great episode of the outside sales talk. If anyone listening can think of other sales reps that would benefit from learning these skills we've talked about today, share the love and forward this on to them. Take care until next time.